The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with CincyJungle.com. This is the Orange and Black Insider. You know, it's late for many of you. Happy, uh, I guess, Merry Christmas Eve to many of you out here. Um, not quite there where I am yet, but pretty close. Had to knock out some wrapping, some family stuff, all kinds of different things earlier this evening. But hey, dedication. We're coming at you late, even after... What we witnessed tonight, holy moly, what an embarrassment from the Cincinnati Bengals at, yet again, the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, look, <clears throat> in these post-game reports, if, you, if you're new here or whatever, what we usually do is we, hey, let's talk about what happened and let's dive into the box score and the team stats and where's the disparities um we we could do that all night long really if we wanted to uh and there are a myriad of excuses slash reasons that that one could point to for this result to happen look the Bengals are the Bengals roster is decimated um no dj reader no jamar chase this evening uh, obviously no joe burrow no cam taylor Britt. A lot of players missing, a lot of players missing. But when you look at the Steelers side of the ball, they're on their third quarterback of the year themselves. They are playing a Hall of Fame cornerback at safety because they are missing about like four or five safeties at this point in time, or at least for this game, they were missing safeties. Oh, by the way, 
Patrick Peterson had a red zone interception in this game as an emergency safety starter. And, you know, I mean, you look at this game and you just go, <laughs> what the heck happened? And look, I'm not, I just spoiler alert, I'm not going to go into the box score. I'm not going to go into a lot of different stats and whatnot. There, there is one particular stat that I want to put up that was uh, thanks to another uh, Bengals contributor out there, but <clears throat> there's, there's a different discussion to be had here. I think if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and, or um, Zach Taylor, Mike Brown, the Blackburns, whomever. And that is the Owen five record within the AFC North this year. That is the really the 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 not so great track record over the past couple of years. Although the Bengals team has done well in twenty one, of course they did well in the division that year. Not so great the following year, and then of course you've got this year where they're zero and five, and you've got a tough Browns team that you have failed to do much of anything against recently, and so. Uh, th this is a game, it, it was a daunting task to ask Jake Browning and this now de depleted roster to not only go into Pittsburgh and win this game, but to win and rattle off six straight wins or five wins and, you know, cruise into the playoffs as we kind of started to feel like they may do. Tall, tall task, big ask, right? I mean, Here's the thing, though. <clears throat> there is a specific <laughs> to to I guess quote uh, Liam Neeson and Taken. There's a specific set of skills. There is a specific set of skills as a team in a in this division in the AFC North. There is a specific set uh, personality set that you have to have as a team to thrive and succeed in the AFC North. The Bengals have had a lot of success in the AFC North, whether it was with Carson Palmer, whether it was with Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton uh, or Joe Burrow. But it, it, it just feels different. And I think we all were pretty confident going into this game saying, Hey, you know, I mean, it's the Steelers they are tough. They hang around and, got a backup quarterback again and they're just against the ropes i i think we'd i mean i think a lot of us would be fooling ourselves if we didn't kind of have that lingering thought whether you believed it truly or not in the back of your mind that said i i, I don't like this set of circumstances I don't like the Steelers having three straight losses I don't like this game in Pittsburgh I don't like it in prime time I don't like it I, the whole myriad of things. I don't like it. And lo and behold, the Bengals just yet again get out physical, out bullied, whatever you want to call it, by the Steelers again. And I will credit the Steelers because they have had their backs against the wall over the past month now 
This was a do or die situation for them. They may not even make it into the postseason. Their chances percentage wise per NBC are about as even as the Bengals after this loss right now. Uh, hovering between 12 to 14% for both teams at this point. And that may have changed now with Buffalo squeaking past the Chargers. Bengals aren't getting help either, which is not which is not good. Now I- I'm gonna go on a I don't know if you want to call it a rant or whatever, but before I do, I think we should sit back and look at, again, and credit Zach Taylor for a lot of different things. We've talked about it over the past few weeks, the myriad of offensive systems he has developed and created this year, going to a backup quarterback and still having this team alive for the postseason this late in the season, having his quarterback, basically his starting quarterback, top two, top three, quarterback in the NFL consensus speaking being healthy for what three games four games total this year so Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit in a lot of different ways as does the rest of his staff for the adaptations that they've shown for the ability to continue to win games when a lot of players are out of the lineup so that needs to be said. But this game, to me, spoke volumes about a couple of different things. And winning in the AFC North takes uh, a, a myriad of things. I mean, there's obviously, there ha- you have to have, at a minimum, competent quarterback play, if not, if not stellar quarterback play. The Bengals have been fortunate to have that really since, I mean, for the most part, you go back to Carson Palmer, you go to Andy Dalton, you go to Joe Burrow. I mean, and now Jake Browning, even despite the result today, three interceptions, we know. But, I mean, Browning has been one of the best stories in the NFL really over the last month and really for this year. So I don't. I'm not, and this isn't really like a blame game thing. I'm not sitting here. Of course, people are going to say, oh, Zach Taylor, the play call. And there's some stuff where you go, okay, well, man, all right. Late in the game, you know, y- you went for it on fourth on, on a, on a play where you could, Hey, you know, it's third, it's third quarter. Maybe you kick another field goal. You kick a field goal again late and you kind of, okay, you're, you're getting momentum. And, uh, you know, there was the fourth and one call where you go, okay, well, I mean, there's there's minutia that you can get buried in with the play calling. There is the player execution aspect. I know a lot of people are on that where you, if you're not on the 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 coaching and all all of that, um, then you're into the hey, the players got to execute. The players got to make the plays when their name's called and. You know, it's a game of inches. Yoshivash had a great game in a lot of respects tonight. I mean, that one where you go bang, bang, the hands out of bounds and the, the second foot's in, you go, man, that's just so tough. Um, you know, and then he had kind of a head on a swivel play where he had a drop, and he had a couple of other catches that were nice. And so, I mean, you could, you could, and then of course, Browning with his three interceptions and the Bengals, to their credit, the players, you know, Chidobia Wuzier taking blame for the big day from George Pickens. Um, You know, Jake Browning taking blame for the three interceptions and just said he had a horrible day. Credit. 
That's good. I'm going beyond all of that. I'm going a far more macro perspective than Zach Taylor, than Marvin Lewis, than Andy Dalton, than Joe Burrow, than Jake Browning, all of that. There is a mindset that exists, and there is a mentality that exists with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens as well, that in a game like this, we have to win this game. And really, the Bengals, uh, while their record didn't speak to it as much as the Steelers being 7-7 seven and seven and the playoff probability and everything, the Bengals need this game, I would think, as much as the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now, essentially, what the Steelers have done with this win is maybe just cement the fact that neither of those teams are going to make the playoffs at this point. But there is a mentality that exists. There is a level of self-respect that exists with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't, I'm not saying self-respect doesn't exist with the Cincinnati Bengals because we have seen them overcome the Burrow injury in a big, big way. But this is a game where you just felt like, man, how, how, how did you have this disparity in performance? And this is this was the game where you go, man, I mean, just on paper, you felt like the Bengals were playing better, the roster-wise, everything just was in favor of the Bengals. And yet somehow you still trusted the Pittsburgh Steelers more because of franchise history, because of a track record than that of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, there needs to be a focus on a, a redirection to a recommitment to dominating this division, to finding the path. The, we know that probably every year, two, maybe three AFC North teams are going to make the postseason annually. And we also know that those two to three teams that make it in there have beat the hell out of each other throughout the course of the season. So you need to be prepared if you are the Cincinnati Bengals, if you are the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you are the Baltimore Ravens, you need to be prepared to weather that storm roster-wise. You need to have... And look, you're not going to do the Madden franchise mode thing where, hey, I've got all pros on the bench and you know it's just you know next guy's gonna be a pro bowler that's that's not what i'm saying that's not realistic but you need to build your team if you are in the afc north you need to build your team in a way that gets you through this division because it's not only winning the division to get into the postseason but it is facing these division teams once again in the postseason and your path to a Super Bowl. And and I get it. We we give the Bengals a pass a little bit. I mean, they're kind of riding a Cinderella story of sorts right now. And, you know, kind of just like, hey, this has been cool. You know, I mean, today sucked, but this has been cool. I, I get it. But this is today was a stark reminder. And it's a lot of the same things that still plague the Bengals when they play this Pittsburgh Steelers. It's no answer for TJ Watt. 
It's no answer in, in the run game. It's no answer for a stud wide receiver and or a, t- a tight end that is making plays across the middle of the field. It is the same stuff. It's the physicality. And it, not to single out one player, because it was all over the board today, but in no way did this rivalry exemplify what it has been, what it was today, more so than Jalen Warren blowing up Jermaine Pratt on an early touchdown play on a block. I mean, just blowing him up. And I'm not the one that pointed this stuff out. There's all kinds of people who tweeted out the videos. I didn't do that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it was pointed out left and right. And not to say that Jermaine Pratt isn't a great player because he has been phenomenal for the Cincinnati Bengals and not to single him out. My point being is that it's that mentality of the Pittsburgh Steelers in this moment, in this type of game, and a gotta-have-it at-home AFC North divisional game, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of way they step up. And this is why Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, despite the roster stuff, despite the questions, despite the criticisms in recent years. This is why the Pittsburgh Steelers under Mike Tomlin have never had a losing season. Don't know if that's going to be the case again this year. Trending that way. You have to build your roster. If you are in the AFC North, you have to build your roster to get through this division. Have to. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what does that mean? Now, the Bengals have built a roster recently that has gotten them through the AFC North. And it's a, it's through a, a highly explosive offense, great quarterback, great wide receivers. Uh, you know, they've, they've had good running backs and uh, they've to their credit in the last handful of years, done a lot more in outside free agency that has paid major dividends. But I think there is, a little bit of the old set in their ways bangles that creeped in this off season and free agency when they let the safeties walk, when they let their valuable RB two walk and Samaj P Ryan, when you let your tight end walk and the guy you replaced him with was a healthy scratch in a critical game today. So I think this was a a reality check a bit for the Bengals. Of course, it's like, hey, the fact that they're in this right now with Jake Browning, Joe Burrow on the bench, Jamar Chase on the bench, Cam Taylor Britt on the bench, DJ Reader out, 
hey, that's a miracle kind of in itself. And kudos in a lot of ways to this team to keep battling, keep fighting. But the mentality, the approach of this game, it, it just felt completely like diametric opposites in this one. Um, in, in terms of the tenacity, in terms of the physicality, and and for those who have watched the Cincinnati Bengals for some semblance of time and the, the rare wins that they have achieved against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, this was this was Jerome Bettis bleeding out the clock. This was Heinz Ward hitting Keith Rivers, and this was—I mean, this was all that stuff where you just go, man, they just can't find a way around this team. At least not—I mean, Ken Anderson was very successful in his own right against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boomer was as well, and and hey, the the three quarterbacks I mentioned. Carson and and Andy Dalton and Jeff Blake had some su- success too. I don't want to gloss over any of that, but I mean, the truth of the matter is this rivalry has been quite lopsided record wise for a long time. And there is a mentality that exists between these two franchises. There is something ingrained in the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise DNA. I don't want to say that the Bengals don't have it, but they got to find a way to overcome it and or adopt it. Because this this result, this type of game is tiresome. Tiresome. Uh, and I, I, you know, again, I, I could sit here and go, oh, here's the rushing stats. And oh, here's the, here's, here's the, you know, here's the game stats like I usually do. And a lot of times it's, it's a satisfying thing to do in a win. But this was, this was an embarrassment, really. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I applaud the Bengals, the players, their coaches kind of saying, man, this, you know, Zach Taylor, this is a humbling lead, uh, a humbling league. This is, uh, you know, the, the players taking accountability, Paul Daner Jr. You know, kind of took a pulse from the athletic, uh, go read his article, by the way, great, great stuff from him. You know, he took a pulse on, on, on guys there saying, you know, physicality, where's the physicality, where are we at? That sort of thing. I want to share this. This is one of the stats I do want to share. And this is from uh mon abel abel Hosen. hopefully i'm saying this correctly and by the way thanks to mon for his not only his contributions as a Bengals podcaster out there but he is a uh, a firefighter as well a frontline guy so uh kudos to him and he's he and i have been connected for a long time look at this one in five afc north games this year the Bengals have given up 807 rushing yards in five games which is 161 yard per game average. The Bengals have rushed as a team, as an offense, for 361 yards at 72 yards per game average. I mean, (laughs) that's well over double in terms of what they net on the ground and what they're giving up on the ground. Now, they, of course, play but Deshaun Watson at least they did once they play Lamar Jackson twice you know I mean it it happens but Mason Rudolph is not you know a scrambling or running quarterback Uh, you know I mean Pickett is a little more nimble than than others but I mean that is an astounding and credit to him for that and I don't know if he gathered it from somebody else I, I just wanted to credit him and go check out his podcast as well he is at 
the fire mon m a m a m a a n so go check check out his podcast out there too but i, I wanted to give him kudos on this this is this is this and by the way this is fantastic a fantastic point that i wanted to get to here also from our youtube chat these teams are designed to beat cincinnati the silver lining to this is afc north season is cincinnati they know they can't rest on the lords this so this was another point i wanted to bring up the Bengals did a fantastic job you know after the 2019 you know let's get joe burrow let's get t higgins let's get jamar chase and then we build the offensive line and free agency let's do that and for two years it it cut through the afc north 2021 and 2022 it cut through the afc north what did the teams do that exist in that division they built their teams to be like, we got to stop Joe Burrow. We have to stop those wide receivers. And they drafted high-end secondary players, and they drafted pass rushers. That's what they did. So the Cincinnati Bengals need to get back to a little bit of basics to win in the AFC North to get back the physicality. And physicality is like, you know... You could say, well, what's physicality? Is it just tackling hard and big hits and all that kind of stuff? I mean, Vontez Perfect brought that for a couple. And that's why those teams were pissed off because they were seeing some of the things that they gave to the Bengals for so many years that Vontez Perfect was giving, giving back to him. Now it ended up biting the Bengals a bit in the end there of his career. But I mean, let's let's be real here. These teams have geared up and built their teams now to defend what the Bengals have built and put out there. And so now it is back. This game has kind of told me that it is back on the Cincinnati Bengals to counter-strike that. You got to find more pass rushers. I mean, again, physicality is defined by a lot of different things. It could be ground and pound, right? It could be big hits or whatever. It could be, uh, you know, just, uh, you know... uh, it could be a, a receiver winning 50 50 balls and all, you know, corners getting take. I mean, there's all kinds of different definitions of that, but to me, the simplest rush, the pastor passer and protect your passer. That's the simplest. So that, and, and that's personnel. That is also system. So the Bengals need to figure out a way to get that back. Trey Hendrickson, has been amazing this year as a pass rusher. There hasn't been much else across the board aside from him. Joseph Osai is now what their number four or five pass rusher. You've got Cam Sample in there who gives you a potential spark here and there. Miles Murphy growing. Other than that, uh, I mean, I love, 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 love Sam Hubbard, but you know, he hasn't given much of the, I, I think he's been, unfortunately tasked with all kinds of other duties to kind of, again, kind of put the fingers in the holes in the dam. Right. So he's been doing all, I've seen him drop in coverage. I've seen him do all kinds of different stuff this year. So unfortunately that has hurt his pass rush numbers because he's been forced to do all kinds of different stuff, help out more in the run game as he is able, because that's been a struggle. But the bottom line is the Bengals aren't rushing the passer very well, other than occasionally BJ Hill. DJ Reader actually was pretty decent at it. No longer there. And then, of course, Trey Hendrickson. So they got to get some spark there. And they have to find ways 
to continue to protect the quarterback. And I know uh, Jonah Williams has had a good year overall. Again, TJ Watt, uh, figure it out. Figure it out. If he has one good game against you of the two, fine. Figure it out for a game. You have to. I mean, the, the, the multiple sacks, the tip passes, the forced fumbles, every single time you face this guy, it's ridiculous. Figure it out. Um, and, and the Bengals need to figure out, you know, you, we can again say, oh, you know, the run game is ancillary to the pass. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you're you're Joe Burrow, you're the Bengals, you got Jamar Chair, that's fine. Doesn't mean you can't still be, I mean, that stat that Mon put, put out there, that is unbelievable. I mean, 160, what was it, 161 yards a game, 162 yards a game allowed on the ground, 161 yard per game average on the ground. Bengals have rushed for 72 yards per game. That's unbelievable. And quite honestly, that is not sustainable. It's not sustainable for long-term success. So, again, I, I, I applaud the Bengals. I applaud their coaching staff. I applaud their players in so, so many ways. I applaud them in so many ways for overcoming so much this year. Early season injury to Joe Burrow, a bad start to the season, a real hot streak in the middle, another injury to Joe Burrow, multiple off, uh, uh, offensive systems run. I don't want that to be muted through what I'm saying here. But I think the this game, once again, speaks volumes. And I, I think there needs to, quite honestly, be a borderline obsession from the Cincinnati Bengals to emulate and or formulate a way to overcome the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, and yes, the Cleveland Browns. We can laugh about, oh, Cleveland Browns haven't won a lot of, you know, whatever. The Bengals ain't beating the Browns lately either. Have you seen how that rivalry has gone lately? It's been pretty ugly. So, look, um, I, I, this is, this is just, it, it, it felt like a broken record game tonight. And I think that's, what's frustrating. And usually I try and keep my emotions in check. I try and keep other things in check, but that's what really frustrated me tonight. It just felt like a broken record game. The opponent, the venue, the towels being waved, everything. It just felt like how many times have we freaking seen this before? And in a do or die situation, Largely for the Steelers, but also quite a bit for the Bengals. Now, the Bengals could come back and win two more games, get a little help, and then, hey, we're having a different conversation. We may be having a different conversation next week. The Chiefs are tough. Playing an arrowhead is tough, but these this Chiefs team is more vulnerable than others. The Browns are amazing on defense. They are an absolute wild card on offense. And it may come down to, you know, those two, depending on how everything plays, may come down to, hey, you know, whoever wins this one is in or, you know, whatever they, whatever that is. And again, I think we're all pretty stoked that the bank, we're even having the conversation that the Bengals are in it at this point in time because of the injury to Joe Burrow, because of what Browning has done minus today, uh, everything they've overcome. And I, again, I can't, I, I, if you're sitting here saying, oh, Anthony's a Zach Taylor guy, I just literally put out a tweet last night 
to the 33rd team talking about how I think the Zach Taylor should get more coach of the year run. And yes, even after today, based on everything he's had to overcome this year, he won't get the conversation because everybody's talking about other people, but I think he deserves conversation for it. Okay. So it's not to me, this is not a Zach Taylor thing so much. Yeah. There's in game stuff where you go, man, that's just, what are you doing? But there's other times where you go, what are you doing? Oh, great call. Right. When it works out. There's other stuff about player execution where you go, man, what, how do you not catch that football? How do you, uh, this is a mentality thing. This is a DNA a franchise DNA thing to me. And if you are the Cincinnati Bengals, you need to become literally obsessed, obsessed about how to get through this division. And how to, at a minimum, every year win four games of the six that you're given. Um, I, you know, and build your team as such. And I think that, again, starts with a very basic concept of protecting your quarterback and being able to disrupt the other quarterback consistently. Um, you know, that I see this from Cornell here, you know, Tomlin, just a better co. I mean, Tomlin has a larger and more robust resume. He's got a super bowl. He's like I said, never losing season than Zach Taylor, but Zach Taylor's resume isn't bad for, I mean, it's pretty good for the past couple of years. I, I again, I, I look at this game and this is, this is not, <laughs> we've we've while we can complain about what happened specifically in this game there is an overarching concept I, i'm 41 years old ladies and gentlemen i have seen a, a lot of Bengals and steelers games i've seen a lot of crazy outcomes i've seen a lot of frustrating outcomes i've seen some great outcomes for the for the Bengals. there is an overarching concept here the Bengals struggle with the steelers the steelers in these big moments in these big games they come out and they play fast, they play hard, they play physical. And the Bengals play tentative. And a while ago, it was Marvin Lewis. And we said, Marvin's got to go. Even though he's a Pittsburgh guy and Ravens guy, Marvin's got to go. These are the games that you know, Marvin's got to go. It has still, maybe to a lesser extent, but it has still carried over. And to me, that is franchise DNA. And you have to absolutely change the mindset of your team. You have to change the mindset and the approach in the way that you build your team. And that comes with, I loved the Bengals draft class this last year. I loved it. But at some point you got to get real meat and potatoes. If you're going to be, you know, build this team for the AFC North. And that's trenches. That's pass rushers. I think the Bengals are decently set uh, at the offensive line, given the investments that they have made there. But, you know, you got to I think Joan has played well for the most part this year, aside from this game. And you play T.J. Watt and you go, OK, well, Jonah's a good player. But at some point you got to go, OK, well, who's who's a guy that we can at least partially contain T.J. Watt? We can't allow him to dominate every single game. That we get out there, we can't allow, uh, you know, uh, Alex Highsmith to have these types of games every single time that they take the field. 
Uh, this is a great point. I would love to have this as well. I need another Geno Atkins. And I think you go back to 21 from Mark there. Good to see you, Mark. I think, uh, again, I hate to harp on two years ago in the Super Bowl run and all that kind of stuff. The Bengals had a great formula up front. And I think B.J. Hill is a great player. But what made that rotation spectacular is they had two three techs that every time they swat, you know, they rotated in and out, whether it was series or, you know, specific formations, that sort of thing. Larry Ogunjobi, BJ Hill. And then they had, of course, Hendrickson, who was the new guy on the block that replaced Carl Lawson. You had Sam Hubbard on the other side doing his thing. And, um, you know, uh, they, they were able to do that. And, and again, I think there's also a little bit of other stuff. You know, I, I again, I went to the overarching thing, you could also go a little bit more micro and say, look, this team has played two overtime games in three weeks. This team has played an immense amount of snaps, quite honestly, the last couple of years with the postseason runs that they have had. Um, a, a lot of overtime games really in the last three years, and there's a lot of these guys that have still been on this roster. So there's a lot of snaps. There's a lot of wear and tear on the tires. Um, that's not to say these guys aren't effective anymore. You can look at Hendrickson and say, well, obviously, I mean, he's still really effective given all the snaps he's taken, but I think it does cause you to go, man, we got to reevaluate a lot of things on this roster too: the age, the amount of snaps, the wear and tear, and how do we get effective rotating players, at least for the time being that we can develop into starters. How can we do that? Um, so anyway, I, again, I, I think, I, I, maybe you guys like or dislike the the box score thing that I do. I'm not doing that this week because I feel that my passionate plea is again for the Bengals to relook at how they build their team and be obsessed with getting through the AFC North and getting through the AFC North. You have to know the culture and the DNA of the respective franchises in your division. You should know the Steelers based on how far back you two go. You should know the Browns DNA based on how far back they go. Um, I mean, the Ravens are newish, but I mean, you've played them for a long time. You should know this. So we'll see. Bengals lose 34, 11 weird, weird score. Um, really just an embarrassment all around turnovers and didn't force the big play on defense. And I mean, yeah, there's some officiating. So again, you can just come up with a, you know, yeah, the roster, but uh, again, I just, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing in the way that you lose. And some of the stuff that you see on tape, the physicality, the intensity, the tenacity or the tentativeness, the head on a swivel when you're trying to make a play. That's the kind of stuff you got to be like, Hey, at some point, grow up, grow up and get past this stuff. Be the better team. Flip this rivalry. Anyway, that's about all I have on this now Christmas Eve for almost everybody. Very, very close to where I am in my neck of the woods. We still got a lot of live viewers despite the time. I appreciate all of you tuning in live. We're going to get out of here in just a second. Again, this is, I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com. 
and the Orange and Black Insider. You can subscribe to the podcast. Way where is it? We're right down there. There's a show icon underneath that Cincy Jungle icon. Click that. There's a subscribe button. Click that. Click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. And then, of course, uh, you can subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all that kind of stuff. And leave us a review there if you can. There's our show. There is Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. They always bring the big guests. You've got Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with the coach, Matt Minnick, three and out with Jason and Kevin appreciate what all of them do and appreciate all of you i mean i know uh it's christmas maybe you don't celebrate christmas but uh happy holidays to you all and appreciate all of the support that you have shown us not only through 2023 but through the rest uh of all of the years that this show has been around and we just kind of do our thing and uh we're not overly flashy but hopefully you like what we do we appreciate the support and um i don't know i uh while I'm appreciative of all of you, I'm not appreciative of the <laughs> the football that I watched this uh, this evening. But hey, at any rate, I hope you all have a great holiday. There's more football tomorrow. And of course, uh, Bengals play the Chiefs on New Year's Eve. So uh, that'll be a, an interesting one to talk about for sure. But appreciate all of you. Go have yourself. Get, go wrap some gifts. Go, you know, get some sleep actually at this point. That's probably what I'm going to do next. But um, Appreciate all of you. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back soon. Let's hope the Bengals get a nice rebound the next week here. I don't know. Uh, Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll talk soon. 